celebrating classics and creating new ones. Only on the Music Vibes Podcast. Now, here's your host, DC Hendrix. This is the Music Vibes Podcast, sponsored by Neat 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 Records and Music, located at 1836 South Calhoun Street in downtown Fort Wayne. Neat 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 stocks LPs and CDs across all genres and is an authorized dealer of Ortofone, Audio Technica, Emotiva, Wharfdale, Project, and more. Please visit neatneatneatrecords.com for more information. Welcome in. This is the Music Vibes Podcast. I'm your host, DC Hendrix, alongside my man, producer Cleveland over here, and he is excited. I'm excited. We got another big podcast. We got a big uh, announcement coming up next week that we're going to save. We have a new feature that we're going to debut next week as well. So next week's show is going to be a bang, but this week is going to be a big one as well. This week, we are talking Motown unreleased tracks from 1969. Motown just released 60 previously recorded tracks from 1969 from all of our favorite Motown artists. Jackson 5, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Stevie Wonder, The Temptations, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, Marvin Gaye. There's a little bit for everyone in this new Motown release. And anytime Motown does something this exciting, it gets my attention. It gets my producer's attention. We're probably going to talk about it. Classic rock Motown. We time travel on here. That's what we do. We're going to be joined by Paul Sexton from You Discover Music. Now, I had him last time to discuss the Temptations Cloud Nine album anniversary that we talked about. So it was good having him on then. And it's going to be awesome having him again on this podcast to talk Motown. I think he's become one of my go to people when it comes to Motown and things like that. I know he does stuff for Billboard and the BBC out there in London. He's going to join us all the way from London. We're going to go. Go across the world here to get some talk, some music. Music is worldwide, so we don't discriminate on this podcast. We're going to bring on Paul Sexton, and he's going to talk about Motown, these unreleased tracks. He has a fantastic article up. If you're listening, scroll on down. I have the link in the description, and check out the article. I highly advise it. Um, and and to kind of start off, before we bring Paul on, we're going to bring him on pretty quickly here. Um, before we get started, Barry Gordy, who's the, obviously the founder of Motown, actually just released earlier this week the news that he is retiring from the music business, which is kind of interesting. Um, the timing of everything this has been a big year for Motown. Motown has been in the headlines a lot this year. I know they're celebrating the anniversary. Um, you had the documentary come out. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago on Showtime. Barry Gordy retiring. And then you have these 60 unreleased tracks that we just got this week. So a lot of Motown has been in the news all year, which is exciting because for music nerds like me who likes to time travel, it almost feels like I'm back in the 60s, you know, talking Motown. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So to bring on someone else, let's go ahead and bring them on to bring on someone else that also is very excited about these Motown unreleased tracks and is always excited to talk some music. We got Paul Sexton joining us all the way from London. Yeah, okay, how are we sounding, all right? You sound awesome. You sound amazing. <laughs> so, how, how, how's Glad to hear it. How's thank everything? You for, uh, thank you for continuing to uh, to read my stuff, by the way. Um, and that's why we're bringing you on here today. Uh, Cloud Nine, Temptations, is what we talked about last time. It was an album anniversary for that, so it's, it only makes sense to bring you on to talk Motown, right? I seem to be your, uh, your London Motown correspondent. If that's official, if that's the official word, then we will definitely, you know, introduce you as such. <laughs> 
business cards printed up, shall we? Let's go. That sounds like a great idea. Fantastic article up at youdiscovermusic.com, and it's Motown Unreleased 1969 with 60 unissued Soul Gems out now streaming spotify apple music everywhere you guys get your music so i want to this was the first i heard of this was reading your article so your first reaction finding out that motown's releasing 60 previously unissued studio recordings what was your first reaction well you know it's interesting because generally speaking i always think that the phrase previously unreleased is one of those things that kind of strikes fear into the into the heart of music lovers because you know in many cases most cases Things are unreleased for a reason, um, and you know you tend you do get used to the idea that uh, many box sets and other compilations will, you know, often be kind of um, you know looking around for stuff from the from the studio floor kind of thing, which is not necessarily the best quality. I've got to tell you that that is absolutely not the case with this compilation, and it's it's not a one-off either because uh, the people at Universal. Um, who have the Motown catalog, have been putting out these Motown unreleased sets for a while now, doing one per year right the way through the 60s. Um, so I think the first one goes back to 1962. And uh, in, in many cases, actually, there's more than one for each year. There are even some themed um, uh, compilations in this, in this series. Uh, there's even a complete Marvin Gaye album, purely from the year 1965 alone. Um, so, you know, there's a real wealth of material, and... Uh, it's just a fantastic piece of research, apart from anything else, to to find and, and remaster and put together, um, uh, you know, a, such a substantial collection as this. And uh, you know, for anyone who's thinking, well, surely it can't be that great if this stuff has been un, unissued for all that time. Right. Um, I've got to reassure them that uh, it's well worth a listen. This this record, the standard of material on it is extremely high, and. Um, the other thing about it is it just kind of reminds you what an amazing level of um, uh, uh, quality control Motown was working to at, at this time and, and throughout this, this whole period that stuff as, as strong as this could have stayed in the vaults for all this time. So, yeah, big, uh, big thumbs up, basically. Yeah, producer Cleveland here, and a big fan of yours and, of course, a big fan of Motown. And like you're saying, I was listening to... Um, all all the songs and I can't believe these are the throwaways. I mean, these aren't the ones that they released. They, I, I mean, it just yeah. kind of shows how great um, all the music that they were putting out was. Totally, yeah. I mean, it's, in a lot of cases, I think the the writers and producers would have been pretty, you know, unhappy at the time that this stuff, uh, you know, none of it has an unfinished feeling. You know, these feel like finished masters. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. And and for them to be just kind of tucked away for uh, for fifty years. Um, and now to see the light of day is quite, quite something, you know, and, and uh, as I say, it, it's part of a really worthwhile series of releases. Yeah, and as we know, Barry Gordy, he's pretty cutthroat. I mean, he wasn't just going to throw anything out there for uh, listeners to <laughs> enjoy, so um, I'm glad to be able to listen to all this now for sure. And it's very interesting that it comes right in the middle of this, you know, obviously it's part of the Motown 60th birthday um, celebrations, and right in the middle of us enjoying this this uh, new documentary about the about Motown as well which you know I can also really recommend. Oh, that came in perfect timing too. <laughs> yeah, so to talk yep. to talk about the timing of everything. Now, that's always my, you know, that's always my number one question when it comes to reissues and things like previously unreleased tracks is timing. Now, in mm. terms of timing, you mentioned the documentary. Uh also, we just got word I think it was just a couple of days ago, Barry Gordy retiring from the business and then you that's have right. this release. So, what do you think of the timing of everything? and how everything's played out for Motown the last couple of weeks. 
Well, it's been very, it's been an interesting year all round, you know, and, and I must say, very well coordinated by by Universal, you know, because there's been an awful lot of releases, very interesting releases and um, events that have taken place throughout the, uh, the the course of the year, and a lot of their artists, particularly the you know the surviving artists from the 60s, um, have been very active in uh, promoting the anniversary and you know the the, the Motown catalogue in general. So. I had the pleasure of speaking again to uh, Mary Wilson from the Supremes a little while ago, which is for an, another feature that's on the You Discover music mm-hmm. site. Um, and then had a lovely conversation with Claudette Robinson, who, of course, was one of the original members of the Miracles. Yeah. Um, and they've taken part, as have um, the Four Tops, uh, you know, with Duke, uh, the, the sole surviving member of, of the Tops, and um, the Temptations uh, with uh, Otis Williams as the sole surviving member. They've all been uh, very busy this year um, in helping to promote the uh, the, the catalogue and the anniversary, and they've done it in, with, a, with a lot of, of good grace, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, the, uh, we've had a whole year of, of Motown activity, and I suppose it, it does kind of culminate with this, uh, you know, this excellent new documentary, and then Barry kind of trumping it all by, <laughs> by making his surprise announcement that uh, you know at the young age of 89 he's going to be uh, he's going to be retiring yeah, it's crazy. All these years, and he's finally hanging it up. I never thought he would. You know, it's hard, and I well, think we talked about this last time. It's it's tough, you know, for people that have been doing yeah. something for so long, whether it's producing, uh, being in front of a head label, if you're actually making music. That's why we see people like the Rolling Stones who just keep going, because if, if they stop doing it, yeah. you know, they some of them, I think Verdeen White from Earth, Wind & Fire told me himself, he's like, if I, don't know, if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably be dead. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, you know, what else are you going to do? And uh, I, some people you know, don't seem to approve of that idea. I do. I like the idea of people continuing to work into into older age. You know, I mean, Barry, um, ironically, has probably been busier mm-hmm. this year. Uh, you know, with all of this promotion and his close involvement in the in the film in the documentary, than for many a year, I would think. So, um, you know, you can't really blame him for wanting to just uh, step back and and uh, take a take a little bit of a well earned breather. Let's go ahead and introduce what we're talking about today. Motown unreleased 1969 composition album here. So to kind of go over and introduce this for everyone, what would you say Motown's goal other than, you know, to put some new music out and kind of get everyone excited for the anniversary? Other than that, what do you think their idea was with releasing this new unreleased tracks from 1969? Well, I think, you know, what this compilation does it serve as a really good counterpoint to the, you know the material that we do know and love so well um, a lot of which of course is featured in, in the film and in some of these other reissues um, you know a kind of hits compilation that they put out a little while ago so it, it's a chance to really dig deeper into the uh, you know not just into the vaults but into the the, the entire way that Motown worked at that time and it is fascinating because especially if you take these compilations year by year, because, of course, you can see and hear um, the way that the company is reflecting um, and, in many cases, leading, you know, the kind of musical changes um, that were taking place at the time. You begin to hear, as you listen to the tracks on this uh, unissued, uh, unreleased compilation, you can hear funk beginning to be more of a a part of the Motown sound. Um, And there are some nice previews in there. You know, there's... um, for example, there's a track, one of the earliest tracks that Stevie Wonder produced himself. I called to you, so don't say we're through. I cannot do without your love. Don't leave me go. I cannot do without your love. Something went wrong. He'll soon be gone. I'll be lonely. Baby, we 
so that obviously is a real um, taster for what was to come from uh, from the early 70s onwards. Um, and you know, pretty much every major name from Motown is, is represented on this on this collection as well. So it's a it is a really good sort of window into the, the whole wider world of um, of Motown beyond just the obvious hits. So to kind of dig into our personal favorites, so I marked a couple. There's 60 of them, mm. so it's hard to go back and remember each one. But obviously, yes. uh, you mentioned all the big hitters are pretty much on here. You got the Supremes, Gladys Knight and the Pips, the Temptations, Jackson 5. So to kind of mark a couple, I only marked a couple, and then I'll let you mention yours. So part my personal favorites, the one mm. you mentioned, Stevie Wonder, Can't Do Without Love. I also marked down two Temptations, one Pretty Little Brown Skin Girl. hearing those voices again why must we fall in love Smokey robinson the miracles backfire I love the stylists, the jackpot, of course, the spinners. I love the spinners. Don't think it's me. So those are a couple of mine. Yeah, we have a lot of the similar uh, similar ones that we like, but uh, I'm definitely going to have to say Pretty Little Brown Skin Girl yes. is the best one only because of how big of a Paul Williams fan I am. Even yes. bigger than DC here. Yeah. I promise. He's oh, one yeah. of my favorite vocalists of all time, and I... I have no yeah, I remember we spoke it. about Paul last time. You know, one yeah. of the great underrated '60s voices, I think. Oh, absolutely! And so when I heard that, I said, "How?" I, I mean, I yelled at my phone. I said, "How are they keeping Paul Williams' voice from the world? <laughs> it's not fair! It's not fair!" <laughs> Yeah, it's been sitting there for 50 years. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Those are a few of ours. And then you mentioned one earlier, too, uh, before we go to Paul. You mentioned the one earlier that featured the Jackson 5 that you felt like they really needed the Jackson 5. They needed Michael at the end of it. We're yeah, actually just that listening. was with uh, Bobby Taylor. It That's was right. featuring Jackson 5, and it looked like they just used um, uh, the group as just backing vocals.
at the end, yeah. I felt like there would have been a perfect spot for them to yeah. just let Michael have at it for, you know, just That's two right. bars. That's you know? the You Really Got a Hold on Me one, Bobby Taylor and the Jackson 5. But, Paul, those were ours. What were some of your favorites that resonated from this Motown unreleased 1969? Well, as you say, I mean, you know, there, there isn't a weak track on here, and it is really hard to, to, to single a few out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, for, we actually, it starts, the very first track on, on this compilation is, and this is something that Motown has always done, you know, in, right through its histories, have um, different artists recording versions of the same song. You know, that's, that's been a great, a great history and a tradition in Motown. So you have, that's track one on, on the album, you have Dinah Ross and the Supremes and their version of For Once in My Life. For once in my life. Which is fascinating because they basically turn it into a bossa nova. It's yeah, really be- very different in <laughs> feel from Stevie's uh, original. So, um, and it shows kind of how adept the Supremes were at that kind of um, almost kind of supper club style. You know, obviously they they did Barry had them do an awful lot of um, you know uh, upmarket cabaret type uh, type shows in the in the sixties, and uh, they put it to good use on that. That's a really good sort of starting. Track. Uh, then, as you mentioned, the Stevie, we're going to the Stevie Wonder track, Can't Do Without Your Love. Further on, much further down the compilation, is the other one that I mentioned by him as an, you know, in the early days as, um, as a producer, which is called Mr. Moon. Mm. That's one to listen out for. And then there's another thing with Stevie, which is, I think, you know, just kind of like a dream team, if you like, which is his guest appearance on a track by Junior Walker and the All-Stars yes. uh, called uh, Baby, I Need You. Uh, so you have... Junior Walker's, you know, wonderful, mellifluous, mellifluous saxophone, followed by Stevie's incredibly agile harmonica. <laughs> um, so you're going to kind of sort of two two great sounds for the price of one <laughs> on that uh, on that track. And then there's a lot of other, you know, lesser appreciated artists. You mentioned one or two names there. Uh, Frank Wilson is always a very underrated Motown producer. I always think, and there's a track from him as a, as a vocalist called "Look Out Your Window," which which I really enjoyed. Um, Edwin Starr, of course, who is you know. Uh, I suppose for all of his hits, yeah. was never quite regarded as being in the sort of A list of Motown artists, but he's well represented on this um, compilation. And just one more to mention, and that's another uh, you know underrated name in the Motown uh, catalog, and that's Chris Clark, mm. a Californian singer who has several tracks on this uh, on this collection. So there's you know there's kind of something for everybody. Yeah, nice little introduction there. And uh, I also want to get into this because you mentioned this in your nice piece up at udiscovermusic.com. You spoke with uh, the vice president A&R at Universal Music Enterprises. Uh, what did you guys talk about and what did they have to say about this compilation? Well, I think, you know, the, the, these uh, compilations are constantly in the works. As a, as a gentleman who I've had the pleasure of knowing for a long time at uh, Universal called Harry Weinger, who oversees a lot of these mm-hmm. collections, uh, as he did a, a really outstanding um, series that uh, they put out some years ago of uh, complete Motown singles, which they did in, again on a year-by-year basis, um, beautifully, beautifully illustrated and um, meticulously researched. Um, and, you know, I have to say that the guys have, have applied that same, all the same sort of um, quality control 
standards to, to this um, collection, albeit that this one is only digital, as, as you mentioned. It's not um, out Sorry. as a, a physical uh, CD. But having said that, you know, the, um, there's a lot of uh, meticulous research into the, uh, the, the track information and so on, and who, who produced each track and who's playing on them and so on. So, uh, yeah, they've, uh, you know, they've done a great job, I must say. Yeah, and it's probably going to sound like a stupid question to you, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So you have in your article, you have when the song was recorded in some, mm. in some cases, who was it originally for? Because this is what I'm fascinated by, the nerd that I am. I'm looking and I'm just kind of time traveling <laughs> in my head. Like, how did you get all that information? Well, I have to tell you that that was very easy for me because the guys from Universal in in uh, the states sent that over, uh, you know, for us to include in in the piece. And we're very keen for us to do that actually because uh, you know the kind of people who like uh, uh, this uh, these sort of collections, they you know same as same as us, you know, they want all of the information, every last piece of of, uh, of detail about each individual track. And um, thankfully, that all still exists. It doesn't, of course, with everything from this material that's that's that old, but uh, you know. With these tracks, we do get to know who's on them and uh, when they were recorded and everything else. Is there any song um, out of any of these that you wished who the song was assigned for that they actually sing it? And do you think it'd be as ex- uh, as successful? That's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean, again, this is something. There's an awful lot of what ifs in in, in <laughs> Motown history and songs that kind of did the rounds before landing on the you know the artists that we associate them with. Um, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily single out any one individual track from that, but uh, except to say that there are several cases on this collection where you hear the um, either the writer or somebody who was closely involved with the with the song doing their own version. Mm-hmm. Um, there are several appearances on on the album, for example, by uh, Ivy Joe. He recorded as Ivy Joe. That's Ivy Joe Hunter, um, who was a great Motown writer. He you know he, he did recordings of his own remained much better known as a, a writer. But for example, we get to hear his version of um, a, one of my absolute favorite Motown songs, and that's um, Ask the Lonely, which of course we know by the Four Tops. He, uh, he, uh, Joe Hunter co-wrote that, and we get to hear his, his version. I'm not saying it's better, you know, you can't top the Four Tops in my opinion, but it's just <laughs> fascinating to hear his uh, rendition of it. I wanted to highlight as well, I had a dream, the Opus One, Gladys Knight and the Pips. imagine that they would have released this in this time now obviously they went on to have huge hits midnight train to georgia um just huge hits neither one of us um obviously a best thing that ever happened but i feel like it was really interesting i wonder why they decided not to release that because i felt like that was a great rendition and it was also written and produced by asteroid and simpson uh for gladys knight and it was in the year after martin luther king's assassination that you mentioned in the article Mm. i I just thought it was interesting that they decided not to release that 
yeah, you know, I had no idea why it wouldn't have come out of the time because it's so strong and it's a, you know, a, a very um, key piece of social commentary, as you say. Um, I guess there was just other stuff to, to choose from at the time. You know, the Gladys was on a good run of, um, of Motown success, you know, before she moved on to those hits that you mentioned on uh, on Buddha in the in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you could look at almost any one of these tracks and think, boy, you know, it just tells you how great the stuff that did come out was <laughs> because uh, <laughs> the, the standard is so high. Yeah, and before we let you go, I definitely, I obviously always appreciate you coming on Talking Motown, but I cannot bring you on without figuring out what's next for you, because I follow all your articles, I subscribe, so just go ahead and tease me a little bit. You can tease the audience. What you got coming up? <laughs> well, that's interesting. You know, being a freelance journalist in London, there's always a lot of different stuff going on, both with um, You Discover Music and uh, lots of other radio work in the UK for the BBC and uh, other other sites and magazines and so on and newspapers and in the UK, I'm just taking a quick look while I'm while I'm talking to you. At what we've got coming up on the site in the next uh, day or two, um, because you know it's a wide-ranging site where we cover all different kinds of music. I write a lot about soul music, but I write a lot about country music as well. I've got a, a story about a classic George Strait album coming out on the site uh, tomorrow. Um, and then uh, we've been uh, lately. I've been doing a, a kind of a series of uh, pieces for the site on uh, the Elton John catalogue. Um, so there's a, there's a bunch of, uh, you know, kind of longer essay pieces on um, on, on some of those classic albums um, coming out. And, uh, yeah, we've got to, you know, sometimes there are stories that we uh, have pertain to particular anniversaries um, of their release. So, uh, for example, on uh, uh, tomorrow, Thursday, the 26th, we got, uh, you know, everything from Bobby Darin to The Who uh, to Mark Knopfler. So it's, it's a, a quite a mixture. <laughs> yeah, and I also mentioned before I brought you on, I had to mention this, got another anniversary coming up, although it's weird um, because the year is kind of weird. It was in the, back in 1976, so it's not really an even year of an anniversary, but mm. I, do, I do it anyway, and it's one of my favorite albums ever released upcoming september 28th released back in 1976 you have the release of one of my personal favorite songs in the key of life by stevie wonder so i'm giving you an early reflection here on the songs of the key of life album yeah that's right i, I don't want to think about the fact that that makes it 43 years old <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm afraid i remember it coming out and uh, you know the other thing that stays in your mind about that record is um the, the endless delays, you know, that, that took place before it. Stevie took an awfully long time to make this record to the point where there was actually, in, in the lead up to it, they actually had t shirts printed up saying, We're nearly ready. <laughs> because you know, people's, uh, you know, expectation, anticipation of this record was uh, just gone on for so for so long. But when it came out, I mean, they were, uh, how could anyone possibly have been disappointed? It's just, it's an incredible piece of work. And you kind of revealed your age there a little bit, uh, just saying you remember <laughs> yeah, when that album, that album came out. Um, I was kind of wondering what, overall, this uh, Motown album with the 60 anniversary of when these were written um do you think a lot of these songs would have held up in its time because i know um there was an album uh, about 10 years ago that was made and it came out and i was trying to put myself in that time period just thinking like would that have been good for the time is it good now and um just kind of questions like that so what do you think about the motown yeah well, I think any label, not just Motown, but, uh, you know, or record companies as they are today, um, would, you know, would do anything to have material of this uh, quality 
to, uh, to yeah, at their disposal in, in 2019. Um, it's an interesting question about whether these would have been hits at the time, because, of course, they would have been up against the, the Motown um, material that we do know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very hard to back against any of that, because it was so univer- universally, no pun intended, um, strong <laughs> at the time. Oh, yeah. um, but it just makes for a great listen, you know, I think. And you can dip in and out of it. The whole thing is... Um, I believe it's three and a quarter hours long. The uh, the compilation, <laughs> so uh, you know it's the kind of thing you can you can take take it a few sittings probably, but uh, it's well worth it. To kind of refer back to the last time I had you, and to kind of wrap up here, if only we could imagine. Why must we fall in love by the Temptations being on the Cloud Nine album? If only. That's a very interesting point. Yeah, I mean, it could well have been up for uh, up for that, couldn't it? Wow. As, uh, you know, you had to put these things in context and think about the albums that people were making um, at that period, and and also, you know, what was what was to come. You know, from Stevie and Marvin, and yeah. you know, some of these artists were just on the cusp of, of of their true greatness. I think you unintentionally gave me a homework assignment. I'm going to go home. I'm going to pop in that Songs of the Key of Life anniversary, kind of celebrate that 43 years for you. Okay, I pop that on my vinyl player, and that's how we'll celebrate this weekend and uh the kind of the release of this podcast too motown unreleased 1969 paul sexton you discover music joining us on the podcast paul it's always great having you here i really appreciate it thanks guys great to talk to you again time travel with dc hendrix on the music vibes podcast you can subscribe on apple podcasts google play and spotify on your mobile device that'll do it for this week and until next week everybody be sure to spread some peace and love Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.